Welcome everyone for another Thursday night class. Welcome all Touring Time viewers. We tonight we are talking about real estate. I want to teach everyone over here. Not that I know so much about real estate, but something about real estate. Okay? Huh? I know there's a lot of real estate agents over here. Lahaim to that. Lahaim. So um, that is the way we're going to understand this is we got to go see where the Torah speaks about selling property. Anybody know where the Torah speaks about selling property? That's one. Hey, you know what Jack Dowell said? Jack Dowell said, Marat Machpelah, and the Torah I'm talking about. Of course, Baba Torah, they have it, that, that, that. Marat Machpelah, who was that? That was uh, Sarah. Abraham was saying for Sarah. Then they had another place. And that is that in Israel, if you were, let's say, from the tribe of Reuven. Albert, you know which tribe you're from? Let's say you're from the tribe of... You look like you're from the tribe of Yehuda. I could see it on your face. Yeah. So yeah, imagine you're from the tribe of Yehuda. So now... You have from Yehuda's tribe, it was passed down to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation. Now Albert has his house that he got from the tribe of Yehuda. And he sells it. He has the opportunity and the ability to buy that house back anytime he wants. He can knock on the guy's door and say, listen, um, uh, market value is now a uh, uh, million dollars. Here's a million dollars. I need my house back. What do you mean? It's just sold it to me. No, no, no. I need my house back. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to do that. Even what? Really so it. now the question is, that's, and not only that, by the 50th year, it automatically goes back to you. It automatically goes back to you. No, no, that's something else. That's chazakah. It's something else. Something else. A person, what, what are you saying? A person has to... No, no, no. That's chazakah. That's something else. That's something else. That's a different halakha, different deen. That's different. Doesn't fall in that category. You can buy it any time. You can buy it any time you want. Wait, let's, 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 let's just say one more, one more point. The second point is, if you have a house in Israel, but this house was in a walled city, if it was in a walled city, if you sell that house, you only have one year to buy it back. After that one year, if you did not buy your house in the walled city, you can never buy it back again. Could anybody think before you just shoot out an answer? But it has to be smart, it has to be smart. What is the difference between the fact where if I have a, a house in a walled city in Israel, it doesn't have to be only Jerusalem, if there was another walled city in Israel, and I sold that house, I have one year to redeem it back, I can have one year, after one year, I can never buy it back. I don't have the rights to tell, I can buy it back if he wants to sell it to me, but I can't knock on his door and say, buddy, I want to buy it back, you have to resell it to me. No, 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 no. That doesn't happen in a walled city. A house in a walled city, no. But, a house that's not in a walled city, now you have all the time in the world to buy it back and things like that. What's the difference? And the difference, I'm going to tell you, the answer is, I'd like to tell you a little bit of... Um, of influence. Now, what I'm talking about, I remember one time, you know, we do, uh, we're doing uh, some kiruv sometimes, and some people, sometimes they're a little bit off, 
they feel like they 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 they, they feel like it's uh, it's cool to whatever all these different types of things. So they might uh, have a puff or something like that. So I remember one night, I came home, and um, you know my kids are like, Daddy, you smoke? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't smoke. He says, No, that you smell like smoke. I was like, What? And I realized that I I just came back from a, a gathering where we had about a bunch of uh, young, young guys that they wanted to talk to me after, and they were talking to me after, and they were all uh, sitting in like a crowd, Rabbi, how you doing? And they're puffing and this and that. And I was standing there, and I automatically got influenced by the fact that the smoke ended my clothes without me even smoking. You know what's going on over there? The, the, the person... The person is getting getting influenced by your surroundings no matter what. I remember a guy came over to my house in Jersey. I invited someone to my house in Jersey. You know, he's a cool kid. I said, Ma, for the weekend, I was 17 years old. I said, Ma, for the weekend, I'm inviting so-and-so to my house. So, okay, no problem. She didn't know who I was inviting. But the guy was like a big, like, like out there. He comes to my house. The guy's hair is like spikes, gelled to the, to the kazoo, all gel, 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 like a little bit, you know, something like that. <laughs> I love you, something. Right? The whole gel, gel, gel. Oh, but then it matters. Did I, did I marry? You know. So you have all gel, 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 right? All spiked up like that. He comes over, and my mom's like, hello, what's going on? Then he comes to the Shabbat table on a Friday night with his tank top. Yeah, he was wearing pants. Baruch Hashem, he was wearing pants. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> but he came with his things up. Says, so my mom's like, Joe, come over here. You better go tell Joey right now. My friend was Joey. So you better go tell Joey right now. He's got to put on a shirt. My, my mom, he's wearing a shirt. I was like, no, it's a thing though. You better go put on a shirt. He's wearing a, like a, how do you say? No. Back and forth. My mother killed me that time. She said, listen, you got to know who you're hanging out with. Because eventually, who you're hanging out with, you'll be acting like that. You got that clear when I just said or no? Yes. You hear that? And that's why, if you look, what's the reason why the person in a walled city, once he sells it, he only has one year to redeem it? The answer to this question is, because God is telling you that you made a mistake in that sale. Why? How's he telling you that? Because think about it. Let's talk about it logically. You guys, you guys are real estate, yeah? Imagine if I have four walls. Four walls. And they're thick walls. It's unbreakable walls. How many people can live in that population? It's limited. Correct, yes or no, Jack? Is it limited? Yes or no? It's limited. It's limited to the walls of the, of the surrounding. And therefore, what do you think happened? What do you think happened? What happened was people that were religious, they were getting influenced by the religion. For example, take a non-religious guy. No tzitzit, no yarmulke, no nothing. Put him in B'nai Brak, give him a house over there, tell him you can't leave B'nai Brak, this is where you're going to live. I guarantee you, this guy will be religious in a few months, the guy will be wearing kippah tzitzit. What happened? The guy's not religious. How's he wearing kippah and tzitzit? How, Joe? How? You know what the answer is? 
The answer is, he gets influenced by the surroundings, no matter what you do. No matter what you do, you will definitely be influenced by your surroundings. And that's why God's saying, you're not understanding. People, what do they do? They want to be smart, Alex. When we go, I'm going to move out of the community. I'll go in the boondocks. You know how many people got lost because they left their community? Do you realize how many people got lost? How many people intermarried to Goyot? Why? Because they didn't have that hold of the community. You know, everybody has to have a, a rabbi. Everybody has to have a shul. Why? What's the shot? Besides the fact that everybody needs guidance in life. But secondly is, I'll tell you like this. You ready? The answer is, if a person ever has problems in life, he has the hashpa'ah that everybody's going to grab him in to hold him down. No. Imagine a guy wants to get divorced. He's going to six six times. Oh, I'm part of the community. Everybody's going to hear about the community. Imagine the guy's out of town now. Hey, okay, if I'm divorced, I'm divorced. Who cares? Who cares about me? You understand what I'm trying to say? That's why God is saying specifically. What is He saying? He said He made a mistake. Because there's so many people that's religious in this world city right now. If it's unwalled, so, the, so the community keeps on growing further out, further out, further out. There's no concentration uh, unnecessarily. But in the community, when it's walled, and it's all concentrated in religion, how could you move out? You hear that point or no? Wait. You hear what I'm saying? He's saying, well, because the hot pepper, he's saying, well, to the Hadush. No, but you hear what I'm trying to say or no? Yeah. You hear that point I'm trying to bring out? I want to just finish this point. Yeah, I, want, I, want, I, want, I want to just finish the point. I want to finish this point. There was, um, there was a, um, there was a rabbi, there's a rabbi in Pirkei Avot that says like this, now that you mentioned Saul, that you mentioned Pirkei Avot, there's a rabbi in Pirkei Avot, he says like this, right, what is this, you're Yossi Ben Gizma, that's it, okay, I see, I see, I see, I see, I, I got it, I got it, I know the story already, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say it right now, there was a rabbi, his name was Rabbi Abba. His name was Rabbi Abba. Anybody hear of Rabbi Abba? This I'm telling you the story of the Zohar. Rabbi Abba, he wanted to get people involved with learning. So what did he do? Imagine I go outside right now and I put a sign outside. If you want to be rich and wealthy, come here and learn. I guarantee you, you will be rich and wealthy. Tell me, would there be an inch of space in the place? No. no. Everybody would be jumping and running and no, I want to be wealthy. I want to be wealthy. Why not? Why not? So, as he put that sign, the rabbi, his yeshiva, he got jammed. He was jammed, packed. Everybody was coming in. There was a guy named Yossi. Now, Yossi was passing by. And Yossi saw the sign. He walked in. He said, who's the rabbi over here? Well, I said, I'm the rabbi. He says, do you mind if I come in? He says, it's open for everybody. You want to come in? It's fun, dog. Come in. He comes in. Yossi comes in. A few months after he came in, guess what he does? He goes to Rabbi Abba and he says, where's my money? Didn't you have a sign? Whoever wants to be rich, come here. Where is my money? You know who got very upset? The rabbi himself, Rabbi Abba. Why did he get upset? He said, I knew what I was doing. I knew when I put up a sign outside, I knew I was going to get people coming in. But I also knew that when a person feels the love of the Torah, 
He doesn't care about anything but the Torah. Now he's caring about being a multi-billionaire now? I understand. Must be he's not learning well. Must be he's not learning well. And that's why he got upset. Rabbi Yavi got upset. But he said, a deal is a deal. And I won't break my word. I said that you'll get wealthy. You will get wealthy. Came to his wife. So his wife, what are we going to do? We have to get him the money. All of a sudden he was praying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He gets a knock on the door. It's an old man. He said, Rabbi, I worked all my life. I'm not taking all this money with me to the grave. I want to give it and I want to make a contract with someone learning in this hoot of me and this and that. Says, how much you want to put? He takes out a whole gold bars and he puts it on the table. He says, do you know how much money this is? He said, Rabbi, I have so much. This is nothing I have. I have. He put it down. And he said, he wants a schut in some Torah learning. The rabbi took it. He said, we're having a meeting tomorrow. Who's at the meeting? You all see? The old man and Rabbi Abba. They sit down, they exchange information. My name is Yossi, my name is this. Okay, what are you doing? I'm giving you all this gold right here. He puts it on the table. And he says, this is all for you. It's all for me? What are we doing? He says, you're learning in my honor, in my zikhut, and this and that. Make a contract. Guess what happens? A few months later, it says, the Zohar says, Something came in the stomach of Yossi. The learner. The learner. Yossi the learner. What came in the stomach? In his stomach came the love of learning. It hit his stomach. I love learning. You see, when a person learns well, you see like basketball, right? Imagine a guy doesn't know the rules of basketball. Imagine having a five-on-five, and a guy never heard of basketball in his life. Never heard of basketball in his life. You get him on the court. What does he do? Everybody's running, passing the ball, this, that. The guy is just walking. Run! Oh, he's supposed to run? Yeah, he's supposed to run. He takes the ball. He doesn't, he doesn't dribble. He just walks the ball. Dribble! Dribble, dribble. No, dribble and walk and shoot! Dribble, walk, shoot. He doesn't know how to play the game. The guy could be the best ball player in the world. But if you don't know the rules how to play, you hate basketball. You can't stand basketball. For all you know is, you get on the basketball court, you take the basketball, the way you're throwing it is underarm, you're throwing it like this, you're throwing it like that. You don't even know, how to, you don't even know what it means to shoot. So therefore, this guy will never in his life enjoy a game of basketball. Never in his life. Same thing applies by Torah. You can have a genius. You can have a person. You can have a regular guy himself. But guess what? The guy could live his whole life and never enjoy a Tosafot. You know that? You know what Tosafot is? You know what Tosafot is? Tosafot, he literally, they gave their lives for the Torah. And you know what? They enjoyed it. The Ora Chaim HaKadosh. You ever hear of the Ora Chaim HaKadosh? The Ora Chaim HaKadosh says that if a person tasted the sweetness of the Torah, he will go so crazy that he will leave everything that he has and just learn Torah. That's what he would do. He would go mental, mentally crazy. 
my mentally crazy mean to say enjoyment of the Torah will pull him away. You think he cares about the, what's it called, hot sauce and the, and the thing? No, what does he care about? He cares about what? He cares about the Torah, that's what he cares about. And by the way, I know people like that, you should know. I know people, a guy gave me a call this week. He says, Rabbi, all I want to do is just learn. That guy's 32 years old, all I want to do is just learn. He says, so just learn, what do you want from me? He says, but Rabbi, I have a problem. I said, what? He said he has, uh, he has to make a root canal, a surgery. And he says, killing him. And he's learning the Gemara, but he doesn't, he can't, he can't go with the surgery because he needs this. He, you hear what's going on? But he's ready to give up his whole life just to learn Torah. How, how do you have that? Must be there's enjoyment to life of the Torah. Now, my question to you is, how do we get that enjoyment? How? Anybody know how you get that enjoyment? How do you get that enjoyment of learning Torah? So many people out there are lost. You know, I want to tell you something. And I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. Listen. I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. When Hashem gave Moshe the, 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 the Luchot, how big dimension was Luchot? Anybody know? How'd you know that? I learned yesterday in Pekarabot. Wow. <laughs> no, you didn't. You said that? Same thing. In Abach, yes, said. Actually, no, I didn't. I learned it in the dynamics of dispute. Oh, very good. Very good. Hazabaruch. Hazabaruch. Two Tfachim between them and two Tfachim in the other side. Very nice, Ancona, very nice. Lebotai, listen to what this guy's saying. Like this, like this. Let me repeat. Let me repeat again, again. Albert, how big was the Luchot? The tablet. Six Tfachim. You know what a Tfach is? A fist. So six Tfachim. What does it say? It says two Tfachim. Hashem was holding. Two Tfachim. Moshe Abenu was holding. And two Tfachim. Nobody was holding that. Wow. You got that or no? Everybody got that? that now, mean? what does that mean? And it's that Kodesh says as follows. Listen to what I'm telling you now. He says, when Moshe is holding the, to, the, the, the two Tfachim, the there's three sections to be a whole of the Torah. You have the what? The written law. Torah Shebechtav. You have what? Torah Shebaalpeh. And what do you have? What's the third, third, third one? That's the secrets of the Torah. The Zohar, Sefri Yetzirah, Ma'aseh Merkava, Ma'aseh Bereshit. All these different, different things are sold. Now some people, in their lives, they'll hit Zohar. They'll learn Zohar, no problem. But the highest level of Zohar, of the highest, of the high, of the secrets of the Torah, that already is a gift from God. That's why it says, So that Hashem Odiam. That's a secret that God gives to the people who fear Him. Who fear Him. Who fear Him. The people who fear Him, God gives them a special gift of the mystical secrets of the Torah. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Aye. So that, that, if you look now, if you look now, Hashem was the one that was holding the Tutfachim. Why? Because God is saying, I have the Zohar, I have the mythicals of the Torah, and the highest son, I will give out to the people who fear me. Moshe Rabbeinu was holding Tutfachim. What was he saying over there? He was holding those Tutfachim for what? To show you that represents Torah Shebikhtab. The written law. A guy, he wants to understand, how come, what is it? By Chumash class, a guy can have 100, 200 people. By a, 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 a Gemara class, 
Sometimes the rabbi can only have 10, 15. What happened? What was the difference? Because Torah Shebikhtav, sometimes it's not... Uh, uh, you have to crack your brain to figure out you know, a lot of things. Right? I'm saying, so in Gemara, you have to focus. In Gemara, a guy can't go ahead and uh, just space out. He's not going to enjoy. You want to enjoy Gemara? How come people don't enjoy Gemara? How come? You know, you know what it is? Because they're not working hard enough. They're not working hard enough. Because they're not working hard enough, what do they do? They either blame it on the, on the, on the Gemara. Oh, no, I don't like this Gemara. Why are we talking about an ox? Why are we talking about the, 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 the building of the walls? Why? Why? You know why you're asking that question? Because you're not breaking your head to understand what's going on. You're not breaking your head enough, Gemara Rashi to support, to crack it. But if you were, you would enjoy it. Guaranteed. You would enjoy it. And that's what a person has to learn. A person has to learn that he's got to work hard to do it. Yeah, the here of Rashbi. Does anybody know Rashbi? How many years were Rishmon Bayochai in the cave? Thirteen. Thirteen years. What happened out of the cave? What was he eating? Caribs and water. Caribs and water. I ask you all. I ask you all. I ask you all. Hashem can't. Hashem can't uh, 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 provide a uh, a pear tree. Uh, uh, apple tree, uh, 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 you know, he has to give him carrots for forty for, for thirteen years. Us, you know, we have two meals. It's the same. We got crazy. Uh, we just had. I had this. I had this. I had this. Barbecue is still You hear what I'm trying to say? Now what is it? You, Hashem came. You make a miracle, correct? Yeah. So make a miracle. Make instead of carrots, make peach one day. Make apples one day. Make this tree one day. Make that tree one day. Make cantaloupe tree. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke. I'm making sure you guys paying attention. Oh, come on, huh? Cantaloupe, there's no tree cantaloupe, right? It goes on the floor. <laughs> Some people feel it grows in the tree, huh? But you hear my point I'm trying to bring out? Yes or no? Anybody have an answer for me? Why couldn't God make different types of trees for him? And why? And why? And why water? Why? You can't have a Coca-Cola, Sprite, this, that, beer coming out of the... You know, I don't know what I'm going to I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer you. I'm going to answer you. That was the water. That was the food. Not only that. Boys, boys, listen up. Listen up, listen up, listen up. And not even that. Not only that. Listen to this. Not only that. Not only that. He says on that, on the same point that we're bringing out, how many clothes did he have? He had his one set of clothes. What was that one set of clothes? Huh? One set of clothes. He had a set of clothes. So what did he do? For 13 years, he's going to wear the same clothes. You know what it's going to be? So what did he do? He's for prayers, he wore the clothes. But any other time, what was he doing? He buried himself in the sand up to his neck. And he learned Torah like that. That's why he learned Torah. Yeah. He buried himself up to his neck and learned Torah. Wait, he didn't have clothes? He had one pair of clothes that he saved for when he would pray. And guess what happened at the end? After 13 years, his, his father-in-law, his father-in-law, his husband, Yair, he comes out and he greets his son-in-law. How? He takes him to the bathhouse. How was his body looking like? All cracked. 
His body was cracking, 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 cracking. When they put water, he felt pain. Ah, ah, ah. And Rabbi Hasben Ya'ir, his father-in-law, started crying. And his son-in-law, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, said, Why are you crying? He said, Because it's hard for me to see you like this. He said, Don't worry about that. Praiseworthy that you see me like this. He said, because if you didn't see me like this, who knows if I could have accessed the level of spirituality that I got to. Now, I'm not telling you right now, oh, so you have to go through cracks in order to get a high spiritual. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to roll in snow. I'm not telling you to do that. But what I'm going to tell you is like this. It says, This is the way of Torah. For Kavot. This is the way of Torah. Pat b'melach tochal. Bread with water. Have. Pat b'melach tochal. Bread. Mayim b'mesuret eshte. Water. Drink. Chaye. Ala aret tishan. Sleep on the floor. Chaye tzad tichye. A life of tzad. Some feelings. Pain. Fellow feelings. Now I'm going to explain this right now. And you work hard for Torah. And if you do so, praiseworthy in this world. Now, if you realize what I just said, if I would say this again, and I would tell you to do this, nobody in this room would do this. Nobody in this room would do this. What is it saying? Again. Again. Imagine I'm living in your food. I'm living in your sleep. I'm living in everything in your life. But I guarantee you, you will have the happiest life in the world. There was one rabbi, Amari Mazdin Zatal. You know Amari Mazdin? There was one guy, he came in like a punk. He came in all like, you know, you know, a person dyes his hair. But this guy dyed his hair. Some of his hair was like pink, then over there green, then orange, then yellow, then this and that. He came into the kolel like, oh, like a rainbow. Head is red, was rainbow. No joke. No, 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 no. It's a regular guy. Regular guy. He's a regular, regular guy. All rainbow. Rainbow had to come. He comes over to the guy. Listen, listen. So one of the rabbis, one of the rabbis, one rabbi came over to, to this fellow and said, look, I have two options. Option A or option B. Option A is I give you all the money in the world, anything you want, I got you. Or option B is, I'm going to give you a pill right now. You're going to take this pill. But when you take this pill, you should know, you'll be the happiest guy in the world, no matter what you have, no matter where you are, no matter what you'll be, you'll be the happiest guy in the world. Option A or option B? Again, what would you pick? You have option A. I give you everything in the world that you need. Private jets, first class, this, that, whatever you want. Mansions on the beach, anything you want. Pina coladas, uh, Jack, you like pina coladas? Pina coladas, yeah, strawberry daiquiri, you know, you know, you know the goods, yeah. So he says, everything you got, everything. Limos, drivers, this, that. I give you everything. That's option A. Option B is, I give you this pill, but this pill, 
You're not going to have everything. Could be in life, things are going to be, uh, you know what I'm saying? You might, not, you might not have this, you might not have that, you might not have this, you might not have that. The food you might eat, I don't know. But one thing I'm guaranteeing you, if you take this pill, you will be happy in any situation that you are in life, wherever you'll be, whatever you'll do. Which one would you take, option A or option B? Anybody? Huh? You'll not have chest, trust B, everything. Yeah, what about that? No, they'll be happy. They'll be happy. If the father's happy, they'll be happy. What would you think? Yeah, but imagine someone's happy doing something bad. But that, guess what, boys? Imagine someone's happy doing something bad. No, it won't be. No, so therefore... One second, one second, boys, 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 one second, one second. One second. One second. Can I still learn and can I still be religious? That's the option. Don't complicate it. Option A or option B. That's it. That's it. No, maybe yeah, maybe not. Maybe yeah, maybe not. Option A could be, could be you'll be happy, could be you won't. But over option B, you for sure gonna be happy. Rabotai, listen to what Perkavot is teaching us. Albert, please, Albert, listen to this. It says the way of the Torah is bread, water, sleep on the floor. That doesn't mean that you have to do this. It means that even if you have no means to do anything. No, you don't have a dollar to eat, you have bread and butter. It's still worth it that you'll have a better life in this world. If you're working hard in the Torah. Guys, do you really, really believe that? No? But it says it. Is the Pekabot going to lie to us? You think something's written in the Torah is going to lie? Tell me honestly. Something somebody says they're going to lie? Huh? Well, you have to work hard. What? You want uh, nothing good comes easy. But that, but the, you don't forget the what he's doing? He's guaranteeing you that option B, you're guaranteed to be happy. I'm giving you option B right now. Everybody on the table right now, I'm giving you a pill right now to take a pill that I'm guaranteeing if you take this pill, you will be the happiest guy in the world. You ever see, you ever hear of Rav Shach? You ever hear of Rav Shach? At one time Rav Shach traveled Two hours away. An hour and a half, two hours away. Why is he traveling two hours away? He went to ask the brisker of a question. Boys, boys, listen up. He went to ask the brisker of a question. Guess what happened? It was snowing that day. He got the answer from the brisker of, and he started dancing in the street in the snow. People thought that he was crazy. Yeah, he was. He was crazy for the Torah. You gotta be in that case for the Torah. People go crazy for money, correct, so? Boys, 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 please, please, please. Okay, okay, we'll talk after about the options. Says, yeah, people go crazy for money. How come people don't go crazy for Torah? Foolish. How come? Foolish. I want to tell you something. Because they don't know. Money, you can see. Torah, you can't see. Yes, exactly. You can't see if some guy's like really enjoying the Torah. You can see a guy living on a few generations. That's a good one. Robert, Robert. That, you see the rabbis, they love their life. Yeah. They, they're walking. He's right. Joker's saying, Yeah, rabbis walking. The guy, the guy is holding his shoe, but he's going to the right. He's the happiest guy in the world. Sometimes you have that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to tell you something. You don't, you don't know Rabbi Akiva. Jack, Jack, Jack. You ever hear Rabbi Akiva? Of course. You ever hear Rabbi Akiva? You know what happened when he was dying? They were combing his, they was combing his skin with, 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 with rods of fire. Did he feel it? He, guess what? His, his students were saying, Rabbi, how, how can, how can, how can he die like this? He said, my whole life, I was waiting for this day to give my life for God like this. I love it. You know what Abed Taim? You know what You know what? You know what they said about Abed Taim? He would pray that the time when he dies, the day, the day of death. Everybody has to go someday, right? 120 years. So he's praying that the 120th year when he's going to die, he should die as Kiddush Hashem. That's what he prayed for. You know Bet Yosef? You know Maran Shukhan Aruch, Bet Yosef? You know who he was learning with? You know who he was learning with? An angel. Magid Meshalim. An angel. He was learning with an angel. And that angel told him, promised him, told him that he's going to die as Kiddush Hashem. That was his berachat to him. That he's going to die at, after Eftanchit, when, when he's supposed to die, he's going to give up his life to Kiddush Hashem. I saw in Sfarim, when a person is dying as Kiddush Hashem, it's a feeling that you can't even feel the, the pain. Yeah. I saw it one second. You can't feel the pain. Imagine a guy. Imagine a guy. He's giving his life for God. Mamish is God. He feels, wow, I'm giving my life to God. I could guarantee you, everybody in this room, guarantee you, guarantee you, that no, that if you're, if you're going to learn Torah, but real learn Torah, I guarantee you, you will be the happiest guy that anybody in the entire, in any, any existence of all your friends. Yeah, I'm guaranteeing you. But what? You have to try it. You have to try it. To try it. I told you. I was learning with a guy. I was learning with a guy who was uh, in my kolel. Listen, listen, Jack, please. I was learning in kolel with one guy. And he came to my house. He says, um, So we started learning. So I'm starting learning. I'm starting to learn with him. And I see the guy is a little bit like he spaces out. He's this, he's that. I said to him, I don't understand something. You're in Kulil, why don't you study? I'm saying, you, what's the deal? He says to me, the truth is, I have to work harder. I said, what? He said, you want to know what the happiest day of my life was? Should I tell you what the happiest day of my life was? I said, what? He says, the day my rabbi told me that I have to give shiur. He says, what happened? That day when he told me I have to give shiur, I prepared a whole week. And the whole week I was learning the Torah, learning the Surah, learning the Torah, learning the Surah. He said, I never felt better in my whole entire life. You see, the problem is, the problem is, Nathan, 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 the, pro- the problem is in life, we never, we never did that. We never, we never actually cracked it. That's why people, they don't understand, ay, 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 how are these guys learning for, for so many hours a day? You go into Kolel, the guy's learning 10 hours a day, 18 hours a day, 12 hours a day. Go take a regular guy, he sits down, he's already going to getting a coffee with the whipped cream and the cinnamon and the this and the that. <laughs> we didn't even start yet and he's already over uh, there. What happened? What happened? Life. The answer is, the answer is, he never tasted Torah. He thinks he tasted Torah. He thinks he tasted Torah, he never tasted Torah. You know why? Because you want to taste, the re- you want to taste real Torah, you got to work. You got to work to crack it in. And it's guaranteed that you will be the happiest guy in the world ever. You know, I'm going to read you that Mishnah by heart again. And then you're going to see what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Again, Albert, listen clearly. Because I know you know how to do this with the, with the, with the words. Kachi darkash Torah. This is the way of the Torah. Pat bread. 
מים מסוימת לשתיהם מים, אבו ארץ תישן, סיבות עצמאות חיי צה"ל תחיה, ואם אתה עושה כן, if you do it, why is it if you do it? If you do it, praise worthy, you, you, you'll live the happiest life in the world. What, what does it have to say if you do it? No, you know why you, you know why it means if you do it? Because when a person sees it, the only way he's going to feel it if he actually does it. Oh yeah, oh, Azal Baruch, he said it. It's not true. Yeah, you're right, it's not true. But you've got to actually do it. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. And that's why, once again, that's why in life, that's why in life, a guy, think about it. Imagine a guy comes from you, he comes over and he says, let's say skydiving was a, was a, was a great thing. Imagine skydiving was, was, was a fun thing. I don't know if it is, I never oh, went. Yeah, I never went. That's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, so, so now, yeah, 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 yeah. A, a, guy, a guy goes skydiving, right? He comes back, you don't know what it is. You go on a plane, you jump out. For heaven's sakes, I look at Skyvon and the guy's nuts. You're jumping out of a plane. Imagine you're in the middle of a plane and they say, emergency landing, everybody has to jump with a starshoot outside the plane. Everybody's scared. But now a guy's going on a, on a jet plane, whatever, things like that, do it all willingly. Yes, and he's saying, yeah, he's saying, he's saying, he's doing willingly. I say, what happened? You have my question or no? Huh? The answer is, take, again, again, again. Jack, Jack, imagine you're on a flight. No, no, not you. A person's on a flight. What do you mean? Not that, me, me, but then not no, me. No, no, not you, not you. But listen, listen. Not, not you. But imagine a person's on a flight, and there's like an emergency, eh, eh, eh. Everybody put on their parachute and just jump. That'd be great. That'd be great. Skydiving is good, right? Let's do it. Oh, put on the, put on the, put on the parachute. Tell me when to jump. Jump. You guys, boom. And just do it. And then just do it. Boom. Now, what do you do? You wouldn't do it on that. But you pay five hundred dollars to go on a plane and do yourself on jump day. Does it make sense? I would not. No, but you get what I'm trying to say. So now you're coming, Jack, over here. And he's saying, Jack is saying to us, by the way, skydiving is the best thing in the world. You never saw it in your life. To me, it's the best thing I ever did. To me, I'm thinking, what's skydiving? What's skydiving? Who would ever, who in their right mind would ever jump over a plane? Like, I don't understand. What's so, what's so fun? What's so fun about jumping in the plane? For all you know, you're scared. I'm sure Jack was scared, shivering. Oh my goodness. Let's say the parachute doesn't open. I'm sure you were scared about those things. There's a lot of things. You get what I'm trying to say or no? So you're saying that he's saying that it's awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh yeah, I won, it's the best. I'll look at it. Skydiving is fun. Why is skydiving fun? But the only way you can know if skydiving is fun or not is if you try it. Same thing what I'm telling you. The only way if you're a person gonna learn how to how to love Gemara. You know how you learn it, learn it, learn it, love Gemara? You know, in high school, you never, you know what I'm saying, I can't do that. Sometimes a person in high school, you never learn. I'm talking about uh, what happened. Because you never learned how to learn Gemara. But the second you, lo- you learn, you learn how to learn? Behind the second you learn. The second you learn how to learn, the second you know how to learn, how to learn Gemara, that's when the happiness kicks in. You hear what I'm saying, Joe? You agree with what I'm telling you? That's what it is. And uh, he's a living proof. He's a living proof. Can I say, Joe, yeah? This guy, Joe, this, I, I want to tell you something. This guy, Joe, blah, blah, blah. he came a long way. He never learned give it up until when did you start? 1920? <laughs> no, something like that. No, I'm not joking. I said he started late. 
But Baruch Hashem, look when he came. Every time he learns Gemara, he gets more excited and more excited and more excited and more excited. He loves it. Oh, we're learning Gemara. We're learning something else I'm not in. Why not? No, we're not learning Gemara. Before it was, oh, let's learn Musa, let's learn this, let's learn that. Now, if you don't learn Gemara, it goes crazy. You know what's going on over here? This is the lesson that we have to learn. We have to work hard to understand the Gemara, the Torah, and the Mitzvot, and then we'll have a happy life in this world, the next world, whatever we ever watch, whatever we do.